stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static, and the uh, the intro is misleading this morning because it's Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and Janine Eunice today. John is under the weather, and we need to get that intro fixed anyway to uh, uh, to recognize uh, Janine's uh, co-hosting responsibilities here with the program. Uh, but uh, we we uh, we have a we don't always we would probably be talking about this whether or not the radio show aired in Colorado, but I think it's inescapable. Uh, to talk about the uh, Colorado Supreme Court decision uh, that came down uh, this week suggesting that uh, President Trump will not be on the ballot uh, in Colorado. About the only sane thing that I saw in the opinion was that they they stayed it until January 4th to give him time to appeal it uh, to uh, the state Supreme Court. And uh, and, and then maybe I should also note so there were seven justices of the Colorado Supreme Court that heard this case. It was a four to three decision. So that's good. There are three apparently voices of sanity among the seven Democrats on that on that court. Um, and uh, well, first of all, it's striking to me that Colorado would have not a single Republican uh, on its uh, on its bench. It wasn't that long ago that uh, that Governor Coors was the governor of Colorado. I think he's the last. A Republican, but um, but they've successfully uh, populated that entire bench with with Democrat appointees. But you, like I say, you do have a uh, a four to three vote there, and and included in the dissent was the chief judge or chief justice of uh, the Colorado uh, Supreme Court. And from what I can tell, Janine, the 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 theory of the majority here is essentially that. The Fourteenth Amendment prohibits uh, a federal officer who's engaged in insurrection from serving in federal office. They've decided that President Trump engaged in an insurrection, and therefore uh, he's disqualified uh, from the ballot. What's what's wrong with that holding? Well, for, first of all, the most glaring issue is that uh, there's been no conviction for any in- insurrection related. <laughs> Activity. It does does seem like an issue. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that's obviously a a question of fact that, uh, based on you know the facts that I know, I uh, I would say such a conviction is probably unsupportable by the evidence. But at the very least, you would want a jury determination that (laughs) that that had taken place. Yeah, jury determination, or uh, you know, the the majority relied on the January sixth committee on on Capitol Hill, and you and I both worked on on Capitol Hill, and. If folks paid attention to this committee, first of all, it was a select committee. All of the people on the committee were appointed by Speaker Pelosi. It was not a bipartisan committee in the sense that the minority leaders' picks for the committee were kept off of the committee. Uh, Pelosi did appoint two Republican members, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, both of whom subsequently left the House, I believe, or or were – I know Cheney was defeated. I think Kinzinger (laughs) was as well, Um, uh, either that or, or left the House. So this this to rely on the findings of that particular committee seems strange to me, particularly when, uh, and and I don't think this matters whether you're a fan of Donald Trump or not. 
they impeached him in part for things that happened on January 6th. And he was, uh, or, or excuse me, they attempted uh, to do that. But the insurrection piece, the Senate didn't convict him on that. Yeah. So to yeah. the extent that this was even in front of Congress, why would you rely on the findings of the January 6th committee and not on the constitutional uh, you know, impeachment trial process that acquitted him of these charges? Right. Um, I mean, and, you know, this should be, again, this a nonpartisan issue. Frankly, I'm not a huge Trump supporter or anything, but, um, you know, this sort of opens the the doors for people to start bringing cases and courts to find that you know, they didn't like the behavior of a presidential candidate. So they're going to, you know, find some way to <laughs> say he's uh, disqualified under the Constitution. Yeah. Dis- and so what about that? What about this 14th Amendment theory that... Uh, I mean, one of the things that that bothers me about this case is uh, the the court uh, in Colorado seems to have really taken a shortcut approach here, right? So you mentioned that there was there was no trial, but I, I guess that the provision that they were uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or you know, I I'm not an expert on Colorado election law processes, <laughs> well, but it, but it sounds like there's there's a sort of an abbreviated process in Colorado to deal with some of these election code kinds of violation issues. And you can imagine that for all kinds of reasons, including that these cases might be brought right before an election or what have you, that you might need some abbreviated processes to deal with some election code issues. But they've essentially shoehorned this question of uh, of President Trump's uh, qualifications for the ballot into this abbreviated process. And that just strikes me, and it struck the minority uh, that dissented in this case, as a huge due process uh, problem. Yeah. And uh, to my knowledge, this hasn't happened before, right? So the courts haven't really had the opportunity to establish what exactly is required. But it seems to me it should be obvious that at least a criminal conviction or a conviction. Yeah, it's a brand new theory, right? I think that that the minority uh, or at least one justice in the minority suggested that there hadn't been any legislation to sort of enact the 14th, this, this part of the 14th Amendment. And then the majority said, well, no, it's self-enacting and and I'm sure that there are uh, academic arguments that can be made on on both sides of that question. But wh- you know, what about the prudential uh, piece here? I mean, you're talking about the leading candidate for one of the two major parties uh, of the you know for the presidency of the United States. And I'm you know I don't know that Trump would have won Colorado anyway. He lost it in 2016. He lost it in 2020. It probably is not part of his map for. Uh, for 2024. Uh, but uh, the, the fact that one court was willing to do this could encourage other courts uh, to do the same. And I'm just, I'm not sure this is what the founders had in mind to have <laughs> state Supreme Courts keeping the voters. For, I mean, the left is always talking about these anti-democratic things that that the right is doing. Is there anything more anti-democratic, I mean, small d, anti-democratic than removing someone from the ballot and saying voters aren't allowed to vote for that person? No. And I, I mean, I think they think uh, two wrongs make a right here, but uh, that's not, you know, that that can't be the way things work. And I, I did hear now California is something similar is happening. I didn't get the details, but uh, I mean, he's obviously not going to win California anyway. <laughs> Right. Although, I mean, imagine, I'm just trying to, it it seems like, I I guess I don't know what the end game is here for the people who are are pursuing this. I understand that 
that the, the for the professors who wrote this original article, and one of them uh, is was Will Bode at the University of Chicago Law School, and I forget who his co-author was on this uh, on this article that sort of started this whole mess. But uh, uh, you know, they had an academic interest in the Fourteenth Amendment and and you know what it what it means for uh, for insurrection purposes. And you know, I don't I don't know whether what they said is right or not. There was a there was an exchange about this last month at the National Lawyers Convention at the Federalist Society, uh, and most of the people, I believe Michael McConnell was on the other side of the debate, a prominent constitutional law professor at Stanford uh, Law School. And I would encourage people to go to the Federalist Society's uh, website, uh, fedsoc.org, F-E-D-S-O-C.org, if you want to find that, uh, that exchange about this uh, topic. Most of the people I talked to felt like uh, Professor McConnell had gotten the better of the argument, and that and that this whole Fourteenth Amendment theory didn't really hold water. Uh, but sort of regardless of the academic, uh, you know, where the academic debate goes or what people think about this on the academic side of things, it just seems like this has has lit a fuse that isn't going anywhere good. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with that. And I was uh, interested to read that I think the the case was actually brought by Republicans. I didn't realize that. Uh, I'd assumed it had been brought by Democrats. <laughs> so these were anti-Trump re- yeah, Republicans I, who, who brought the case originally? I think so. But in any event, it seems likely it's headed for the Supreme Court. And I think our uh, friend John Sauer is actually going to be... Uh, representing Trump there. So, oh, is that, oh, at the Supreme yeah. Court? There was a Politico article about the lawyers representing Trump. So. He doesn't have <laughs> enough to do. He's yeah. this, this, this coming <laughs> spring. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, he's a, he's a, as we know from our personal interactions with him, he's a, he's a very strong lawyer. One of the things that, that I saw in the majority opinion, and again, I haven't dug into this enough to know if it's true or not, uh, but in response to the dissent, the majority said, well, you, you talk about all these due process problems, but the president's attorneys didn't really raise these due process problems in any detail. And again, I don't know if that's true or not. We've been in plenty of cases where judges have said we didn't do something in the papers that we definitely did do in the yeah. papers. So, you know, I'm not I'm not taking that as gospel. But at the same time, I would beseech uh, John Sauer or whoever is representing the president. Why on earth would you not raise uh, due process arguments here? I mean, you need to. And uh, to the extent that there's still time uh, to do that, uh, I you know, due process arguments are exactly the kind of thing that I think that would that the U.S. Supreme Court would look at and say you can't you can't do this kind of flawed process in order to you know, we're we're not even going to reach the merits of the result. We're just going to say this flawed process isn't a process by which one could you know, could, could do this, uh, and, and right. I think that might be where this is headed. We'll see. Right. And what's the timeline for the Supreme Court? Um, I mean, it would have to happen soon. Very soon. So January 4th is when the um, – so w- at least one article I read suggested that because the president is likely to appeal uh, on or before January 4th, that uh, January 5th is when Colorado has to decide who goes on the primary ballot. And mm-hmm. so it's unlikely that they would keep him off the primary ballot because there won't have been a – uh, you know, the appeal will still be ongoing at that point. And so they may go ahead and have him on the primary ballot in Colorado. And then the question would be whether he would be on the general election ballot, assuming that he wins uh, the nomination. And that's something that um, the Supreme Court will have to decide that by the end of, I, I would think by the end of June would be enough time oh. to process the general election ballots. But I don't, I don't know that timeline for sure, Janine. Okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, you know, I, 
I, uh, you know, my, my fear is that part of the reason this is being done is to, is to, is to throw a powder keg at the Supreme Court so that if the court were to, to decide for Trump that the left wants to see this as another way of trying yeah. to delegitimize the Supreme yeah. Court. But I don't think they can avoid this one. This is yeah. a pretty significant case. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they will either. 